0: Everything I know, I learn from Frank Miller, and everything I do, I do as fast as flash run, quarterback status, and then some. Damn the new 52, buying up every issue on DC, not exclusively what I'm into. Bastards, comics with the healthy Wolverine classics. Sold down below, so when you think you go, hell be
1: exclusively filled with past enemy. Saber tooth and you killed your dad for the second time in hell, man. Tell me that's not badass.
2: Man, tell me that ain't badass. Hey everybody, this is Comic Bastards Motherfucking Podcast, big special guests. With us right now it's john judy he is the writer of a comic book called swerve and uh he's here with us today i got dustin and we're gonna chat with him hello hello and how are how are you today john well now hold on you already know that
0: you know, I know I just feel yeah. like this is a loaded question
2: Do you want me to...
0: <laughs> i think we're engaging in a deception here and i'm not sure how comfortable i am with it um <laughs> Acting as though you're just now asking me how I am, when you know you and I have been chatting for about five minutes now, and Cats I'm and, not going to be we, a party
2: of that today. We that. both asked so, him how yeah. he was doing. Cats in the bag, bags on the river. All yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> so
0: I, I'm not even going to answer. You know damn well how I'm doing. So oh, All right, I'm doing all right. I'm doing well.
2: <laughs> Fine. How, uh, how's the comic book swerve treating you? I mean, like if I were to come to you and be like, hey, I heard you write comic books. Oh, you have a title? I don't know anything about it. How would you explain it to me? (laughs)
0: Uh, Well, when it comes to Swerve, I'd say that um, it's a a crime story, Um, Hmm. about 150-ish pages or or broken into six issues on Comixology, The Trade, coming out end of February. And it is set in the world of 1970s um, pro-wrestling in Texas, regional wrestling, Texas. Uh, And it's about a character named uh, Eric Layton who – is too too. He's one of those characters you only come across in you know genre fiction. He's too unbelievably naive. Um, there are times when I was writing where I just would chuckle myself because he's he's a, a former college football star, ter- briefly turned a pro, and all I could think was, you know, I knew guys in high school who played football and in college who played football, and they were all so much more worldly than Eric, and somehow he managed not to be corrupted until after. Right, right. athletics, and then he gets corrupted and kind of pulled into this criminal, scene, un, you know, underbelly of, of professional wrestling.
2: So maybe uh, tons of book smarts, not so much street smarts. This guy.
0: Yeah, exactly,
2: and, and far more
0: book smarts than you know any. I don't want to generalize or stereotype, right, right. but jocks are stupid, and um, <laughs> right, right, right. Book smarts than any. You know, athlete that's not true. that's not true. not <laughs> any athlete most athletes should be entitled to
2: at least the stereotype anyway. oh certainly yeah, exactly so why why wrestling you think why was that are you just a fan of it or you think hey the story was gonna play well in that like you know backdrop or
0: well, no, I am a fan uh, I'm a wrestling fan. Um, well, I mean to varying degrees. I don't watch a lot of regularity anymore right. It's sort of like comic books. I'm a comic book fan, I'm, and I'll go ahead. I, I believe that we should have an honest relationship. You, I, and our thousands and thousands of listeners. Yes, very true. Sure. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I am old. Uh, I'm 36, uh, and so I'm I'm fish offic- I think I'm officially middle aged now.
1: I'm not sure. I'm closing in on it. That was 40, like in the. 40s. Is it 40
0: officially? So well, I'm getting there. And thirties uh, are the twenties. Reading-
1: no, <laughs> he was saying thirties are the new twenties.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, believe me, I make that a, a you know, a daily mantra. Um, <laughs> I, I'm totally, I, I teach college classes. That's my day job.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, I, I so am not intending to be, but I'm certain that I must be that one instructor who thinks he's just one of the students.
1: Just,
0: you know, like I, I try not to do that, but I'm, I, I'm worried that I come off that way. So, yeah, I'm trying to stretch those 20s out. Just, absolutely. just real
2: cool, to real cool teach. Be like, hey, what, are we listening to the Wheezy over there? Crank it up. And then they're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I, yo, I'm, I'm down with your tip. And,
0: uh, I'm down all with OPP, with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I've been reading comics for 30 years now um, ish. But I didn't really get into wrestling until I was a teenager. And, uh, you know, I grew up during the whole Hulk Hogan thing, the, right. the rock and wrestling era. Mm-hmm. And uh, that shit sucked. Right. I mean, it really sucked. <laughs> yeah. And that's all we got in, in my area. Uh, that or the um, mid Atlantic NWA stuff. Mm-hmm. And that stuff was awfully intense for a little kid who didn't think he liked wrestling. Now, su- subsequently, I've gone back and rediscovered all that stuff. And I just, you know, God, I live for the horsemen. Um, mm-hmm. Arn Anderson, four horsemen. Oh hell yeah, Mongo Michaels. Oh <laughs> man, and and that's the thing. Like I said, so yeah, I am a fan, and um, I'm sure we're gonna. Because I, I can't let that just stop there. Because I gotta talk Horseman for a second.
1: Of course, uh, feel free.
0: But um, you know, I so so I I am a fan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I came to it much later, um, probably about fourteen, fifteen, I guess, and it was um, a Bret Hart match, actually, of all things that I just happened to be flipping through on one of the syndicated programs on a Saturday and there's nothing else on I thought oh, I'll watch this. And I thought, that was pretty cool. Um, and then, you know, from then on, I really became sort of inundated in it. Now, mm, you know, um, I'll DVR uh, the shows occasionally and then right. fast forward through to like Christopher Daniels or CM Punk or just whoever actually entertains me and then delete the rest. Um But yeah, I've I've been a fan now for, you know, a couple decades and worked um, for a few years as a a ring announcer in uh, indie wrestling in the area. Nice.
2: Because, I mean, going back to, you said it was NWA, right? That was before WCW came in and started, when it all merged, and a lot of them fell off, they kind of bought that and Turner came in, right?
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the the glossed-over version. The actual version's longer than that, and frankly, only real big marks would care.
2: Yeah, totally. The, um, so does that mean, did you, were you into like the whole stuff before? Were, were you like into the, any of the indie promotions, like Ring of Honor and stuff? A lot of the smaller type things. I know like CM Punk came from that. I don't know if Daniel's, uh, yeah. um, yeah. um, Angel was down there for a while.
0: He was, yeah, he absolutely was. Um, he was on like their first card, mm. um, which was a, a round robin tournament. Really cool show. Uh, yeah, I'm into Ring of Honor. Um, I actually, I like them. They speak to me more than, you know, the, the TNA or WWE. Right. Um, which I still want to call it WWF. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, me too. And I think TNA's kind of lost its way. I mean, it started off kind of strong. Oh, yeah. And I think they got some bad blood in there now. That's kind of just not, it's not it's not vibing anymore. It's just like a knockoff now, a real bad one.
0: Yeah, it's really dreadful um, for the most part. But like I said, I mean, there are highlights. Uh, highlights. I could, I love Christopher Daniels. I think he's brilliant. And, uh, of course, anything he does with AJ Styles is gold. Yeah,
2: for sure, for sure.
0: But, yeah, for the most part, it's just dreadful.
2: Like, going back to um, Swerve, so the series is broken up into, like, digital issues and mm-hmm. it's being collected for print. What did you think of going this route? Were you, like, was that the easiest? Was the most financial, like, relevant? You know what I mean? Like, I got to go down this route digitally first. Were you just no. trying to get it out there or...?
0: You know, I, I don't honestly know for certain what the thought process was because that was our canon, the publisher. That was, okay. They wanted to go that route. Um, when we, um, when I made the, the deal with them, when I signed the contract, one of the clauses that I insisted on in inserting, and they were really cool about it, was that I wanted this thing to be printed and distributed in a traditional fashion, uh, you know, going the comic shop route um, because I didn't want them to get, you know, Caught up in whatever else they're publishing and saying, "Oh well, we got this thing and we'll just dump it online and we won't do anything to try to promote it." Or right, I, I right. want them to have some flesh in the game.
2: Yeah. Did um, h- how's that been so far? Have they been like pushing it a little bit, or have they just been like, "Hey, it's sitting here digitally," and
0: you know? Um...
2: <laughs> okay, we're good. I got you. No,
0: no, <laughs> no, no, no I'm going to answer that. Okay, um, okay. No, I will. I will. I, 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 again, I don't want any secrets between us. You know a good relationship is built on honesty awesome and uh, so I, you know I want us all of us little bastards to just share um, to my perception and, and I'm not accusing or challenging or anything because I'm not there and I don't know what they're doing right so I'm just saying how I perceive it and I haven't tried to follow up on it because it's early in the game and I you know the thing doesn't even hit retailers until the end of uh, February so I'm not going to be some pest and be constantly, you know, be mm-hmm. constantly on the phone to the publisher being like, what the hell are you doing? Um, as far as I know, the only thing they've done is they did one tweet. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, one tweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so far as I know, that's it. Everything mm-hmm. else has been me.
2: Wow. Yeah, I know I stumbled on it on pure accident myself. And I was just like, oh, what's, this guy's got a shotgun and a title belt on the cover. <laughs> yeah, that's that pretty was... awesome.
1: <laughs> um, well, that, so. So they haven't given you any, like any numbers or anything like, obviously you don't have to share the actual numbers if you don't feel comfortable doing that, but like, yeah. have they told you how it's doing or any
0: sort nope. of report? Nope, nothing.
1: Although again, to be fair, I haven't asked.
0: Um, I did ask, you know, we, on a, um, an unrelated email exchange, the publisher, Sean O'Reilly and I were going back and forth about something else. And I said, just by the way, everything so far so good. And I didn't push for specifics because like I said, it is early in the game. And again, as part of my contract contract with them, I can audit their books um, once or twice a year, I forget. Um, So I figured, you know what, I'll just let them tell me what they want to tell me. And then, you know, in a few months, I'll find out for myself. Um, So no, they haven't told me anything, but I have no reason to believe there's calls for alarm. Um, so I assume things are going all right. Uh, you know, I'm just going to take this, you know, no news is good news approach. And then, you know, six months or so down the road, we'll, we'll send the accountants in to check it.
2: Cool. And, uh, keeping with that thought, um, do you own all the rights or is it more of like, was it a partnership with uh, Dexter weed that did like the art or like, is it just all you, is it like your baby and, he just kind of was like hired on kind of thing or uh, well
0: now it's none me it's all arcana arcana owns it, lock stock okay uh, yeah I, I i gave it to them out oh, i didn't give it to them i mean that was part of the the contract that was part of the deal when it began it was my property um uh, dexter i mean i i he's credited as the co-creator and i wholeheartedly believe he co-created it um whoever had the idea first and when you you try to I think it's crazy. I think it's insane when I see in comic books that, like, you know, so and so is created by, and there's a writer's name. It's like, no, they weren't. Right comic book, it doesn't exist until there's an artist. So, how did you create something?
2: Well, yeah. I, I agree. He helped, you know, bring that vision to life. I mean, like, exactly. with the, the character in the book um, with Bobby, the wrestler. Like, was there any influence with him, like the design? Because he came off to me like a little heartbreak kid, little Ric Flair mishmash. Or am I missing that?
0: No, you're um, no, you're absolutely right. Perfect, um, Dexter did all the character designs, and yeah, um, I would send him photo reference and say, you know, this is kind of what I'm thinking of, and I would send him YouTube clips, and I'm saying, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, I'm basing it on this guy, um, and he based um, Sweet on uh, '70s era uh, Mid Atlantic Ric Flair. He had much longer nice. hair back then. I don't know if you ever seen the Nature Boy from like '78, '79. Yeah,
2: like was technically wasn't he the second Nature Boy? Oh yeah, like, Buddy Landell Buddy, was the buddy first Landell. Buddy mm-hmm. Landell, and then
0: there was Rick, and then there was uh, Buddy. Oh no, 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 no! I'm sorry, Buddy Rogers. Buddy Rogers was the first Nature mm. Boy. Oh my God! Buddy Landell was the other follow-up Nature Boy, who was a peer of Flair's. Well, and there was actually you know, some some speculation at the time as to which one of them would break out, and you know, I don't know if you
1: know. Spoiler alert! It was Flair. It was Flair. <laughs> Flair made it. Yeah. 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 Seemed <laughs> to so mm-hmm. recall his name a few
2: times. Exactly. Yeah. No, but yeah buddy landell was the
1: oh god
0: damn it i did it
2: again i, I know it. you were shunned from the wrestling community now oh. <laughs> these gravest errors
0: <laughs> oh, i'm ashamed but yeah flair was the the physical model for sweet and certainly the character model too
2: nice nice um when it comes to like fighting an artist like how did you how did you get a hold of like dexter i mean did you guys was it just random luck or did you know him or uh,
0: it was a little random luck, although you know there was some effort there. Uh, and I just want to say before I say anything else, Dexter Wee is a great artist, and just a, an even better person. And he—I've never actually met the guy. Um, he lives in the Philippines.
2: Wow! Wow! Oh!
0: I—I I honestly consider him um, one of my best friends. He's just such a great guy. Um, I was so touched he had a, a baby last year um and he he and i were chatting on i think facebook but whatever
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he said at one point he says you know i actually thought about asking you to be her godfather
2: wow.
0: wow he said but i realized it would kind of defeat the purpose because if anything happens to me it's not like you can do anything about it <laughs>
2: exactly you
0: know so he's like oh so i asked somebody else and i was like that's that's awesome um but i was really touched uh i this is, go, okay, about four years ago, five years ago. You, you guys remember Platinum Studios?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, right, yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they used to do their annual um, comic book talent hunt. What did they call it? Uh, anyway, where, where supposedly if you won, they would give you a $20,000 contract and publish your comic book. And uh, a friend of mine, Sean McArdle, who did all the design work on Swerve and is a, a really good artist, great artist in his own right, he had uh, entered one year and made it all the way to the finals, and they gave him, like, $600, and he flew out to San Diego, and he, he pitched this comic book of his to a celebrity panel of judges or whatever. Donald Faison from Scrubs was the celebrity oh, judge, what? and then, like, a couple of guys from Arcana were on this panel. Right. Well, the, the next year, Sean came to me and said, well, you know, you and I should do something, because he always ran his ideas by me anyway, and mm-hmm. I said, all right, whatever, that sounds fun, sure. And uh, so we went on digital webbing, just posted an ad looking for an artist, and we got lots and lots and lots of submissions, and, and Dexter was heads and shoulders above the rest, and um, you know, just was very, very fortunate to find him that way.
1: Wow. Um, and That's it's
0: longer than you were thinking, wasn't it? No, you, no, no. You know, like no, I we were gonna go back like five years to San Diego.
2: No, I mean, believe it or not, like... Everyone is an art or everyone is like a writer. Oh, I got an idea. I got an idea. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. can't get it on paper. It's hard to find someone that you can mesh with where you're like, hey, buddy, I got this idea and uh, he's got muscles and a gun and uh, he does this and he's like, oh, I totally get you, man. You know, like there's it's hard to find that click.
0: No, it's tremendously difficult and and it helps. And, you know, little secret to all of you aspiring writers, it helps if you're willing to pay for it.
2: Yeah. That's... Yeah.
0: You know, and and we've been paying Dexter since day one. Now we haven't been paying him what he's worth. Couldn't afford what he's worth, but you know, it was a a paid arrangement.
1: Very good to know. Um, then how did you? So how did you get set up with Arkea? Was it through connections, or did you submit with them, or did they even approach you? We're back
0: to platinum again.
1: Mm, Um, Okay. Yeah, because we all know how that ended. But
0: (laughs) Dan Forsey, who was like vice president in charge of not getting anything published or whatever. <laughs> I forget his title, but he was like, you know, that, I think that was it he
1: actually, <laughs> I think he has a business card out there that says that it says yeah. we do what now,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I got to stop here and plug. he is a really nice guy.
1: He's a, he's a super nice guy. Um,
0: but you know, they obviously had some questionable business practices and that's not his problem. He was, you know, on the creative end, he and I stayed in touch after the competition. and Um, uh, swerve in its early days. Um, there had only been st- the first seven pages, you, you know, I don't know if you remember how that sort of has its own little self-contained story. Yeah,
2: yeah. The, now, I'd I actually, know,
0: like... yeah, I'd done that because um, I knew some guys at Boom Studios and they said that at the time, at the time anyway, they were thinking about doing a crime story anthology. It would be all short stories. And uh, boy, this is, I mean, oh Christ, we're, we're wandering all over the place. I swear I'm going to answer your damn question. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. fine. This,
2: is, this is, I think, a good, Meat potatoes kind of meal that people like to listen to, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Wait till we get to the end. And they all died. Um, you know, uh, so I wrote this
0: just seven, seven page little crime story, and I thought, you know, if they do go through with that, I've got something I could send them, I could submit it. And I sent Dexter an email and say, you know, and so he drew it up. And uh, that didn't go anywhere, and, but the story stuck with me. I kept thinking, you know, I could do something with this. And so then I had written the entire script, and Dexter was just still in the process of drawing it. I thought, well, I, I should get some advice on this. So I sent it out to Dan Forsey at uh, the Platinum and said, you know, any, any thoughts? And uh, he said, you know, I really like it. I, you know, it's, it's my first reaction was, what the hell is this? Is this the wrestler meets the departed?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then he thought, oh, you know, this is kind of the wrestler meets the departed. Uh, this is pretty neat. Um, and he said, <laughs> you know, it's not something I think we're directly interested in, and there was like a lot of hint, hint, hint. Right. Uh, he said, but we've done a lot of work with uh, Sean O'Reilly, uh, who's the publisher at Arcana, and he's a big MMA fan and, you know, he might like it. So I sent it to to him and, and actually to a lot of editors, and again, as I'm sure, you're, you know, is, uh, as you said, everybody wants to be a writer or thinks they're a writer. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are the same way, and so I'm sure they also know how hard it is to get an editor yeah. to look at what you've done. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, it's, it's almost impossible. And so if you find anybody that'll look, uh, so I sent it around to everyone, and I got a lot of looks and a lot of polite no thank yous. Right. Um, but Sean was right away very receptive and said, "Yeah, this is really cool."
2: Cool. Cool. I mean, and to add to that, like I don't want people to think that it's so wrestling drenched that it's going to push you off or you're like i'm not into wrestling so i'm not into this comic it's like you said it's first and foremost it's a crime book
0: yeah and um that's something again as the reviews have been coming in i've just been kind of nervous like i hope you feel that way you know later one of the podcasts that reviewed issue one said something like um you know is really really cool but i get i don't know i'm more interested in wrestling i like the wrestling but i'm not really into the crime stuff and so I'm just kind of nervous about where is he going to go from here. And as I was listening, I was like, ah, shit. Um, <laughs> because after issue two, there is no actual wrestling. And I think the last time you even see a ring is in, let's say there's one panel in issue six where you can see a ring. And there's a couple in issue four. And there's nothing in issue five. So, no, it's much more of a crime story than a wrestling story. But, I mean, there there is that, that <clears throat>
2: angle. <laughs> yeah, pun- yeah you're still in that world and they still use that dialogue and just yeah. the relationship with the characters. It's still, it has that, it has that feel and that flavor where I think it could reach more audience, more of an audience, I should say, and kind of maybe even bring them into the wrestling a little bit. Like, Oh, that was interesting. Now I'm well, interested in wrestling. Yeah. Well, that, that was my hope.
0: And I, you know, I tried to put in a lot of elements of, of everything. So, you know, it is a crime story. It is a wrestling story, but it's also a melodrama. and mm-hmm. and, and I mean, it's, it's almost, Dickensian in a way. It's so, you know, so operatic. And uh, one of my favorite reviews, you know, hit on that. And said, you know, I'm not into wrestling and it was a little violent for me, but the melodrama was kind of fun and I got into the characters and I got interested in them. And I thought, okay, cool. That, that's something I was shooting for.
2: Exactly. And, and especially just with like the verbiage that you use just for the titles per se of each chapter, you know, blown spot, that's all like wrestling lingo. So then that, it helped, I think it adds to it. I hope it gives that, it gives that flair. Oh, thanks. I I had fun, you know, trying to get the titles that would have those extra. <laughs> it meetings. worked. It worked in, really well. You know, speaking of wrestling, I know we've kind of teeter tottered on that a little bit. Um, what do you think is the most, other than I guess it could really go back to your the Bret Hart match, like the best wrestling match you've ever seen, and why? Where you're just like, Ooh. I have to be a part of this. I have to either live, eat, wear my little Hulk, Hulkamania shirt and rip it off accordingly.
1: (laughs) Did you like
0: how I went, Ooh, just now? Like I didn't see that question before. Like you didn't send me a list of questions.
1: That
2: was really natural. Wasn't it until you
0: said that it was, (laughs) (laughs) um, are we, are we talking live or, um, anything,
2: you know, anything, anything with that was just involved in that moment where you're just like, these are two guys wrestling out in the Carl junior parking lot. This is the best <laughs> fight I've ever seen. <laughs>
0: um, all right. Well, then I'm going to take that a few ways, actually, because, you know, there's different elements or reasons why, as you said, why. True. I guess just True. the best wrestling match I ever saw. Um, I'm going to say live, because really to truly appreciate a good wrestling match, like, you, you've got to be there live. That's part of the experience. Um, I try to explain to people who aren't fans. I say, you don't get, like, with a wrestling show, it's performance art. You are part oh, of the yeah. show. Yeah. Because you've got a fake athletic organization with fake athletes and fake officials and fake announcers, and you're the fake audience. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows it. And there's that, that stereotype of, you know, that the Marks all think that it's real or whatever. And, and trust me, they, there are those people. There are. Yeah. But they're a ridiculous percentage of the people. I mean, you know, 99% of the folks there know what's going on and they're in on it. And that's part of the fun. So, uh, for me, you know, the best match I ever saw has to be one I saw in person, and that would be um, second Brian Pillman Memorial Show, Lord mm-hmm. Steven Regal. None of this William Regal bullshit. Yeah,
2: that was terrible.
0: I know, right? Lord yeah. Steven Regal, Chris Benoit, the Voldemort of professional wrestling. He who shall not be named, and yet there's no denying that fucker could wrestle.
2: Right.
0: Great match, great match. Um, then, uh, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan on a nitro at the Kent memorial civic center neither one of them could wrestle with last not true one of them never could wrestle the other wow. one was certainly a pale former you know, shadow of his formal self but they actually let flair go over on hogan really yes oh my Oh, we were second row and uh... flair took miss elizabeth's high heeled shoe the dreaded <laughs> high heeled shoe and uh... clocks hogan with it and gets the pin and the whole place just silent and turned to stare to the back to wait for the the second referee to come out and reverse the decision.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And when they realized it wasn't happening, the place fucking popped like mad. <laughs> were all like, oh my god, he beat Hogan. And that you know was probably eight months before the NWO Hogan turn where they realized right. like people hate this fucker because he sucks.
2: Yeah, Hollywood <laughs> Hogan. And yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and then uh, an old friend of mine who I actually later would go on to ring announce for, Shane Sensation. Uh, Fellow by the name of Shane Altimore. I think he's out of the business now. I think he finally retired. And this is a guy who could have been an X Division champion. He had an amazing look and was a great, great talent in the ring. And he just didn't have that um, desire. He he didn't, you know, it's a hell of a life to be a wrestler. Oh, yeah. You know, and he had his fun Mm -hmm. and then he left. He had a match against AJ Styles at the Kansas City Center. And it was just so cool to see that. You know, be like, I know him. Um, took a Styles clash off the second rope, and he, you know, Impressive. was fond of recounting that.
2: Nice. There's, um, I mean, I know, like, it's kind of more wrestling, but uh, and then the comics. I don't know what happened, but <laughs> I blame, I blame Swerve. <laughs> check, check out a thing called Total Extreme Wrestling. It's a, it's like a video game simulation program that you can basically. You know, run your own promotion and build your own cards and decide who wins and loses. He
1: has been waiting to tell you about
2: this. Yeah. So I thought we'll about mad. it. And it's pretty cool. And this is for anyone else. This is open for everyone. So if you're listening, <laughs> uh, Total is, Extreme Wrestling. Yeah. It's just like this little computer program. Um, there's like a, you can get a guy can get a free demo of it and just check it out. It, you know, All right, cool. Yeah. There used to be one I used to enjoy called it, uh, Edge of Survival Wrestling. It's a pretty sweet title. <laughs>
0: yeah, is it, though? Right. Um, and that was, uh, as the kids say back in the day,
2: mm.
0: um, and it was that kind of simulated promotion thing where, you, you know, you, it was, it was like a SimCity type of how much are you going to spend on concessions and
2: yeah, yeah. It's kind of along it's the cool. same lines, but it goes into more of like, you know, you got to run this promotion and they only get so much airtime on television. And this is the, like, it's, it's just, it's really, really crazy detailed and, uh, it's pretty cool.
0: Oh, cool. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for the tip.
2: Check it out. Yeah, for sure. Because
0: I, I need one more thing to keep me from getting work done. Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I will uh, move away from both wrestling and comics. No, not really. I'm going to bring them both together. <laughs> um, because they are a lot alike. True. And this is something, like, Kevin and I have talked about for just years. Yeah. Um, that uh, they have – they both have had, like, a huge amount of success. And then that, that like, bubble has popped. And mm. so now, um, you know – as the fan base gets older do you think like that both have the possibility of surviving against like new technologies and video games or is are both of these mediums kind of something that's so
2: beloved that they'll continue to to survive yeah onslaught of like the attitude era and like the whole like nwo era that was huge for wrestling at the time and then the 90s and comics like yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, uh, the artist and just it was just a huge they were both huge pinnacle moments. And now not so much.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's highly speculative, of course. I mean, who the hell am I and how would I know? But mm. so this is my guess. My guess would be I mean, both are going to continue. There's no doubt to me anyway. It, it, I, you know, the one thing you said there, can they continue in the face of new technology? And I, I think that's the thing. No, they can't. Um, they're going to have to continue, um, in spite of or because of new technology. I was really slow and reluctant to come on board with comicsology, yeah, and, and digital comics. Period. I, I still don't. It's still not my preferred form of reading comics, um, and I have some personal hesitancies there. You know, one of my best friends has run a comic book shop for 31 years, and you know, this sort of thing is really the death knell for that type of business and that business model. But reality is what it is, and that business model is, is going to die and is dying. And I, I think the industry, with comiXology and with an eye towards that type of new direction, I think that's something that can really, really work out and, and work well. Like I said, I was slow to come to it, but I've, I've come to really like the, the experience. I, I really enjoy it. Uh, you know, they got me. Um, yeah. and, and if they got me, and I'm a complete Luddite, total Luddite, you should have seen me trying to figure out how to answer my damn Skype call from you guys. Like, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> if they can get me, they can get others. Yeah. Um, wrestling, same thing. You're right. I mean, the Attitude area era was explosive, and um, there was a lot of stuff they were doing right. And then they spent a lot of time trying to recapture that lightning, and that's just not going to happen. Right. Um, and I think one of the drawbacks. But again, things are changing. They can't keep doing what they were doing. One of the things, Jim Cornette who is a fucking genius yeah. um, has written wrote a lot at one time about the um, influence of mixed martial arts and MMA and involvement fighting and so forth. And so sort of saying there is a percentage of your wrestling audience that likes the hard hitting and, and they like the illusion of reality. Right. And then there's, you know, the percentage that likes the melodrama and the story, and then you've got your overlap is well, with MMA like you are giving the audience that likes the melodrama and the story, you're giving them that, but you're giving them the hard hitting and and the actual athletic stuff in a way that wrestling just can't. And so his sort of projection was like, look, MMA is going to kill us unless you go backwards and get back to what wrestling used to be where you really tried to maintain the illusion and you quit winking at people and saying, get it, it's fake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, And I think he might be... Right to an extent, although that's obviously, that genie's out. That's never happening. And it's clear that that's what the WWE is doing right now. Well, I, to me, anyway, in my mind, it seems clear that they're trying to go back to the 80s. Right. And, and saying, look, you know, an eight-year-old kid, we can keep their attention span far better than we can keep the attention span of an MMA fan. An adult, a grown-up. You know, they're going to turn it off. Um, but we can appeal to this little kid and have him be our bread and butter and then have his, you know, parents come along or whatever. And obviously that's a smaller audience than they had during the Attitude Era. But, the 80s indicates, they can still make a buttload of money off of that audience and it can keep the business going. And then your hardcore pro wrestling fans can turn to Ring of Honor. If they're really hardcore and complete masochists, they can turn to TNA.
2: Yeah. Or they, they go can, to combat um, zone wrestling where we're hitting each other with light bulbs. and Yeah, oh, <laughs> I, I, I loathe garbage wrestling. But yes, they can turn to that. And uh, Chikara, they can
0: turn to Chikara. I mean, that's some really entertaining stuff for a hardcore fan. So it's out there. Um, it's just not going to make the kind of money they once did. That's gone. And it's Damn. not going to reach the size of the audience it once did. I don't see that ever happening.
2: Yeah, because it was like I mean, celebrities were into it. It was just like yeah, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, it was just this big circus that everyone had to be a part of.
0: Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was just you know, it, it was sort of like the day after you know, Avengers is this huge giant hit and taking a billion dollars at the box office, mm-hmm. and you know, the little eight-year-old John inside of me, which is figurative, I was right, not being right, sodomized right. by any... Okay, <laughs> I just want to be clear that. The eight-year-old John inside of me was like, this is awesome. Now everybody knows the Avengers are cool.
1: Yeah.
0: But then, like, the 16-year-old John was like, this is bullshit because (laughs) I was there at the beginning, and you fuckers need to get off my bandwagon and suck. Um, And the Attitude Era was much, you know, I've had sort of the same conflicts. You know, these people who used to just look at me, you know, like I was a complete ass clown when I would say I was a pro wrestling fan.
1: Yeah.
0: And now they're all wearing their DX shirts and yeah. crotch chopping and, and oh, flipping people off and being Steve and I was like, oh, okay.
1: crotch uh, chops was very common in my past workplace. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, oh yeah, you going to lunch? Huh? There you go. Yeah, yeah. there you <laughs> go.
2: And they were not wrestling fans, so <laughs> there they there. just thought it was just a real, just disgusting <laughs> gesture. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was everyone, all around. Oh, you're taking a break? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I was gonna take mine. Guess I'll wait. <laughs> There you go. That's Dustin's still got a little of the attitude error inside him. Figuratively,
0: once again. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're not being sodomized by wrestlers from the nineties. God, that would be dude, that would be a long line. That'd be like,
1: And I think I'd swallow my own tongue at some point. Just like, I'm out! I'm clocking out. You're all just necrophiliacs now.
2: <laughs> Dustin wins in the end. Both reads. It, it'd be a long line. You know what? It would
0: though be um the ultimate party story.
2: Oh like what are you gonna
0: stop that? You know, like a person like, you know, I once got coffee with Zach Braff. And somebody says, oh, yeah, I was sodomized by a line
2: of 90s wrestlers. <laughs> I was drinking a juicy juice. My head got light. I fell out. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but you did. All right. Back to swerve and comic uh, books uh, okay. and
1: less uh, sodomy. <laughs> uh, Although I think our fan base appreciates that. Yeah, best, they so. Who yeah. doesn't oh, enjoy it? If they it. don't, then what the fuck are they tuning into? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Exactly. And you guys know, even as you say, okay, enough sodomy. That is so going to be like the headline for this podcast. Something involving sodomy. Mm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I was thinking. There's no eight-year-old boy sodomizing me. Something along those lines. You know
2: it. I think it's going to be ultimate party story. Or uh, <laughs> 90s. <laughs> I got a little attitude error inside me. <laughs> get all kinds of the wrong listeners (laughs) that sounds like a (laughs) t-shirt people are just like what does that mean well (laughs) i don't want to talk about it (laughs) if it all came down to it and swerve business (laughs) and swerve was made into a movie and you had any say do you do you cast you know real wrestlers well i mean remember that movie what was that movie uh
1: which one? There's like a billion with real wrestlers. Uh, what the one you... with
2: the Arquette guy in it. What? With Dave, who? David oh, you mean, Arquette. uh. And had uh, Patton Oswald oh, in shit. it? And a lot of people got kicked in the balls. Was it Ready to Rumble? Ready something? to Rumble, Ready yeah. To rumble. So I was like, I know Rumble's oh, it... in it, but where?
0: Patton Oswald was in there? I
2: think so. Wasn't he the king? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The king That's was Oliver um, Platt. Al Platt. You know, yeah. Same thing, right? Patton Os-
1: <laughs> No, it's not fucking Patton Oswald and Oliver Platt. I, one man can act, it's like, act, the other one's just like, ah, oh, here's a punchline, I think, I don't know, figure it
2: out, give I me mean money. I saw both at a Starbucks, I was like, aren't you, and ready to rumble. <laughs> and he was just like, no, we can, I was the mouse. We could rumble I mean, right here, Reggie.
1: I'm like, what? <laughs> so I think what Kevin's trying to ask is if you get to cast Swerve, do you use real wrestlers or, like... Go, the, go Go <laughs> real, real actors pretending to be real wrestlers. Hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, obviously there's an advantage with real wrestlers because, you know, they can really wrestle. Um, but I suppose ultimately, like, I would have to say actors because I think it'd be easier to teach an, an actor to do a passable job pretending to wrestle in a highly edited film. Hmm, yeah. Than it would be to teach a wrestler how to act. I'm thinking of like Mickey Rourke and The Wrestler is the, right. the most obvious recent example. And I think he did a perfectly competent, capable job.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but of course, that's with the uh, advantage of being able to edit and film appropriately and you know, accordingly and, and to disguise the fact that this person isn't a wrestler. I think it'd be easier to do. Having said that, I did obviously have wrestlers in, in mind as I was creating the book and as I was sending emails to Dexter saying, you know, here's what I think they should look like. And none of those people would work out for a variety of, of re, the timing being the reasons, but in, yeah. in a perfect world, if I could wave a wand and make a sword movie the way I'd want to make it, uh, young AJ Styles was the model for Eric.
2: Mm,
1: I'd say
0: that. Uh, yeah, you got to have somebody who who is big enough and athletic enough that they, they you could believe them as an athlete, as a, as a football player, as a wrestler, but they have that kind of all shucks quality. Um, and AJ, young AJ could do that really easy. So, um, Eric Bischoff was the model for Tony, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, Harley race, Harley race was the model for Joe.
2: Okay. So if I could
0: wave a wand, I would go with wrestlers and I would pick and choose throughout time. Um, seeing as how I can't wave a wand, well, again, figuratively I can wave a wand, but we're supposed to stop that. (laughs) Um, no more the sodomy. um, I guess realistically, yeah, I'd have to go with the actors. It'd just be easier
2: to do. You could probably sprinkle in like cameos and people can get a little fanfare off that. I'd be like, oh, that's who was yeah, in I the background that'd... in the locker room scenes or something. Yeah, exactly. Accordingly. I, like, I got well. so
0: excited. I thought you were going to say I could sprinkle in references
2: to sodomy. You could do that too, but you, you're going you <laughs> to. That know... would, but that... you're
1: getting an R.
2: Like, <laughs> heavy. A hard R. They're not even going to rate it. It's yeah. going to go right to DVD. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But, um, it probably will go right to DVD anyway. Yeah.
2: But <laughs> pick it up at a gas station. You're just like, you're like, oh, here's a cassette for three dollars, and what the? <laughs>
1: nah, well, don't buy it at a Seven Eleven. They don't organize the shit out of that. They just sit there. They're like, it's easier to do this. People steal. It's only four dollars, and I'm like, actually, I'm trying to remember who I had
0: a conversation with somebody in the early stages. It wasn't somebody from Arcana. I can't remember who it was, who said, well, you know, WWE has their own studio. You know, maybe this is something they'd want to light. And I said, "Yeah, I don't see a wrestling promotion wanting to make a movie about this story." Yeah. Um, it, it would be sort of like making. They could. They could call the film "We're Evil." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I don't see that occurring. But uh, uh, in the perfect world, yeah, if I had some say,
2: yeah, cameos would be the way to go. You're right. Yeah, just a little fanfare.
1: Well, yeah. um, what's so? What's after Swerve, like? Obviously, the book's coming out in February, so you're still going to be you know, promoting the comicology right. release and, and then the, the graphic novel release, but what uh, what do you have on in store for us after that?
0: Well, I hate to be so like everybody else, and it's way past the point, I think, where this is going to work for most people, but um, we're putting together a Kickstarter campaign
2: mm. uh,
0: for another book called Dead Ball. Uh, the script's ready to go, uh, needs some revising, needs some tinkering. But this one is another crime story, uh, merged with an, uh, a sports background, if you will. It's a story about a former uh, Major League ball player um, in the 20s, 1920s, okay. who uh, had, his career ended due to World War One, and um, now he's kind of a uh, bitter and um, washed up old ex-athlete, and he thinks he's found a way to make some money quick and like a dumbass gets involved in um, blackmailing some people and it does not turn out well.
2: Hmm. Are you going to, well, I know it's probably far down the line, are you going to try to break it up, you think, or you want to just do like one graphic novel or any ideas on that?
0: Yeah, okay, and uh, that's what's going to be kind of the challenge because I I tried something new as I was writing it with Swerve I didn't know who I was writing for, you know, what they would want to do with it. Mm-hmm. So I wrote it as one story, but I planned, you know, breaks throughout where it could be done as individual issues, which they ended up doing, you know, our decided to do on Comixology, only they didn't actually consult me as to where they were supposed to break. So they broke where they thought it should break. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I thought some of the endings were really bizarre. The way they they ended where there they chose a, to stop
2: yeah there was a couple where you're like hey we're talking about and we're done you're like, yeah, the- <laughs> yeah. Um, this last issue five i thought really ended in a bad spot that was not at all what i intended and did the breaks were the, they were the same in the trade right
0: well yeah. what they did and i can tell at first i can figure it out but now i know they just took the the first page where i put the title of that issue Oh, and right. they made that the first page, but that wasn't always what I intended. You know, I, sometimes there was a couple of other pages that were leading up to the title.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's pretty pretty standard, s- standard <laughs> in the industry. So. That's what I
0: thought. Um, <laughs> yeah, so
1: most time, it's like page six. Oh, there's our title.
0: let you know. see. That was exactly what I was thinking, but they just made the title the first page every single time.
1: Uh, so it's to make a weird page count too.
0: Yeah, like issue four. I think it's no five. Issue five is like. Seventeen pages, I think, oh. um, and then like issue one is like twenty-eight. The way they have it broken, which is mm. just strange, but okay. Um, this is I wrote it. I wrote it as just one story. I thought, let me just tell the story I want to tell and you know be done with it. And now um, I've kind of painted myself into a corner with that approach, uh, where it would have to be done as one story. So as I'm going back through and do my revisions, I might try to move around the emotional beats. Um, to break it into individual issues but as it is it's going to be you know at this point anyway one graphic novel which i hate that term it's so pretentious yeah
2: um it's gonna be one big fucking comic book there you go when you say it. graphic novel you just have like a blazer on and some jeans and like a wheezer shirt and you're sipping a right. latte <laughs> and... and
1: a weather inappropriate scarf and yeah
2: and you're stuff. outside of a starbucks on your laptop just plugging away
1: yeah. Well, I mean, it is with that term. I mean, um, Will
0: Eisner supposedly created it. Um, I heard Will Eisner, I heard Gil Kane both, I think Gil Kane, both take credit for it. But Eisner said, you know, he came up with it because he was trying to sell contract with God mm. to publishers. And he would say, "Hey, I got this comic book, and they'd hang up on him.
2: Yeah.
0: They mm. so said, um, I have this graphic novel. And okay, I, so I understand why you come up with this term. But that was in, you know, the world before everybody watched The Dark Knight. And everybody, like, it's okay to like comic books now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, the yep. hipsters took it, and you got nothing. Yeah. so you know, <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um,
1: well, I mean, speaking from uh, kind of, I guess, the projects that I've backed on on Kickstarter, I do think the graphic novel does tend to get more interest because people feel like, oh, well, if I'm given given over this money, you know, then there's a completed project. Right. Whereas, yeah. like, yeah. I've seen several people get one issue published and then they're like, well, we're back for more on this second issue. People are like, Hey, didn't I already give you five bucks? What the fuck did you do It turns into like a that? Salvation yeah. Army
2: type of thing where yeah. you're ringing your bell every other week. So, or they yeah. just have
1: a really hard time getting the entire project completed. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the
0: things so like, uh, again, my friend, Sean, Sean McArdle, who does like all my designs and, and, you know, helps out with the lettering and my brother Jason does, the bulk of the lettering, but anyway, that's another. That's another little tip, guys. If you want to get a comic made, listeners, lean in, listen. Uh, if you want to get a comic made, get a lot of talented friends and mm. uh, ask them, please, real nice. And, and but uh, one of the things we talked about was, yeah, we maybe you do the Kickstarter campaign to try to finance the first issue, and then you go back, and I said, yeah, I don't want to do that. So regardless of whether it's individual issues or a graphic novel, there's gonna be one campaign, and that's it. Yeah, and that's gonna be to pay Dexter, and you know, once again. I have friends who will step in and do the design and
2: lettering work, and then we're done. Cool. What are um, What are the chances you're gonna? You, do you have any more, you know, stories for Swerve and or our Eric and his misadventures? Not All to, right. like, spoil anything, or no, no, uh,
1: spoiled everything.
2: But, I mean, the story does come to a uh, ending, but we, do we go back into that world? I should say.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that spoils anything. It, that's I mean, I kind of laid out, you know, when you're writing, like I said, it is a, a melodrama. And so I knew as I was writing the first issue, I was like, you know, a lot of this is really predictable, what I'm planning here. And so, like, I fronted that up, you know, I put that up front in the first issue. It's why I ended the first issue by a, a, a referring to a character's death mm-hmm. that was coming up. Because I was like, no, this isn't going to fool me. Like, anybody who reads this first issue is going to know, like, oh, that fucker's dead.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so I was like, I, I'm just going to come right out and tell you. He dies. Um so, no, you're not spoiling anything. Eric's the narrator. You know, he lives. It's, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, all right. Okay. Here's a little behind-the-scenes thing for you. There is a 40-ish page subplot that got cut out of Swerve.
2: Wow.
0: And if this thing sells like gangbusters and people like it, that goes right back in for another printing. And, you know, nice. it, it, well, it was just kind of hard to financially to get another 40 pages produced, you know, get it drawn and... and you know, to ask people who are already doing free labor for me, like, "Hey, would you do another forty pages of it?"
2: Yeah,
0: and then go to publishers and being like, "Hi, I'm somebody you've never heard of, and I have the two hundred page graphic novel." They're like,
2: whoa, chief.
0: <laughs> yeah, bad. right. So if people like it. That forty page story would go right back in and um, leads into yes,
2: a sequel. Cool.
0: I, I already have. I already know where we're going. I'm not going to tell your. You know, if you got, I'll tell you guys if you want to know. And I, I think else. I
2: gotta figure it out because I'm a little I'm a little oh, sassy reader and I uh, think uh and then I'll say it I'll be totally wrong, but
0: you you might not be, because I, I tell you what, I, I did deliberately leave hints. I don't wanna say hints, but I mean since I knew where it was going mm-hmm. when I was writing it, I was able to write dialogue and things that would have an extra level of
2: meaning. Yeah. Because I did know what was going to happen eventually. Sprinkling some fun morsels for the they're yeah. paying attention yeah cool
1: i gotcha
2: i gotcha anything else
1: no i can't think of i mean is there anything you are currently uh i don't know i always find it interesting to see what creators are currently reading is there anything that you uh you've been enjoying yourself in the comic book world
0: um you know again i have become and it's I, i'm ashamed to say it tonight my friend tom listens. I'm sorry, Tom, you know, I'm there every week. I still buy stuff from you, but, um, comicsology has really been a blast for me and and finding, you know, things like, so I just now I'm reading Mark Wade's Daredevil run.
2: Here you go. Oh, okay.
0: And, uh, really enjoyed that and, or am enjoying that. Um, really enjoying the Comicsology release of Cerebus High Society. Um, I, I was a Cerebus fan back in the day and it's really cool. He's, he's loaded up with bells and whistles and, um, it would not be a good place to start with Cerebus, right. um, but if you have even a passing infection or interest in the character, it's really awesome. I mean, each issue has like 20, 30 pages of extra stuff wow. behind the scenes things, and it's just really, really cool. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, I've been enjoying that. Um, let's see, uh, what do I we read with any regularity? Fables and um, the spin-off Ferris, enjoy those. I tell you I total almost totally kicked Marvel to the curb.
2: Mm. Um, I agree.
1: Yeah, I, you're you're I know. Some some of our fans are like, Well, done. Yeah. <laughs> Got to I'm there, sure. but
2: pff, I'm I'm, sure. I'm giving them a chance right now because I mean, if you've listened to other podcasts, I've I never had a chance to get into a lot of that. And now I feel like, hey, this is my chance. I'm gonna Jump in and, and then you all the more and be disappointed because nothing train. has
1: changed, just the number. That's
2: it. Yeah. that's it. Yeah, and I and I know why now is a pretty
0: good time for jumping on. No pun intended. Mm. Uh, to jump, yeah, that's fine. But I'm not jumping on. You know, I've been here 30 years.
1: Yeah.
0: And the marble formula is so very, very entertaining, like the first thousand times, um, and then. Like I and I find, like I said, I, I've repeated this cycle as a as a fan for a few decades now. I just every now and then I got to cool off on Marvel for a couple of years, and then go back and it seems different again and fresh and new. And I'm like, oh no wait, it's still the same thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. it always it does it does always trick you in that.
0: Uh, yeah, in that yeah. Way. Like
1: so this it's... time it'll be different.
0: No, this, I swear, Civil War is going to change everything. Yeah. Um, Beast
1: looks more like a cat now. I just want to pet him. <laughs> um uh, Oh, and uh,
0: I'll tell you one uh, another book I really like: um, All Star Western from DC. There you go. Right. Oh, yeah, that's.
1: Little, I, I, I'm behind I, on that one, but that one is good.
0: Yeah, I, I really like that one. But I mean, again, I liked it back as Jonah Hex as well. I, I mean, yeah. Palmiotti and Gray are, to me, I mean, they're, they're like our Dennis. um When they're not working for me, I'm just like, ah, oh, this is shit. Um, but when they're working. Oh, I love them, and, and like, I sorely miss boys. Mm. And all-star western for me—that's Palmiotti and Gray, and it's working really well. Nice. I used to um, do reviews for Comics Bulletin.
1: Oh
0: yeah. And um, it was like a real like bittersweet thing for me. Um, Jimmy Palmiotti sent me an email and asked if I would review a book for of his. And he, I mean, he specifically asked I me mean, to email me and said, hey, you know, I like your reviews and I think you got a brain and would you check this out? And I hated the book. I mean, I fucking hated it. Oh. <laughs> and um, so I emailed him back and I was just like, I don't think you want me to review this. I fucking hate it. Um, and he's like, what do you hate about it? And I, you know, I listed some things and he says, well, I, I disagree with you, but I think those are valid points. So you go right ahead and write it. And um, I didn't give him a scathing that? review, but I was honest and said, look, I don't like this. Um, but... When he's working, those you know, those two are just amazing. And so if you're not reading All-Star Western, you are a fucking idiot. Go read All-Star Western. Yeah.
1: I had uh, kind of a similar experience with that. Uh, not that he asked me to personally review it, but I reviewed um, Crab Queen. And, uh, you know, probably read that thing like three times before I sat down to do the review because he follows me on Twitter. And I was like, well, he's going to see this. He's going to see this <laughs> when it comes through. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and he, he he really he is, like, very humble and very just, you know, he's like, hey, you do what you do. He, he thanked me for the feedback. He was like, sorry, you don't enjoy it. I hope you like the next one. So, yeah, he's, he's very uh, very cool in that in that regard. It takes so, a big person to do that. I mean. Yeah, especially when it's like, here's my comic book. Everyone's going to criticize it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, well, and that's
0: that's what it is to be. I mean, to me, I admire that. Because, look, yeah. what do you want to do? You want to make something that everybody likes? Well, fuck it. That ain't going to happen. Nope, no. Um, so be, you know, be a man about it I and mean, a man that's sexist, you know, be an adult yeah. about it. Yeah. Someone doesn't like it and that's okay. That's not, I don't like you. I don't like what you did and, you know, that's this time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the only way to be. I mean, Swerve has not gotten all positive reviews. It's gotten mostly positive reviews, I'm proud to say, um, <laughs> but you know, oh well, uh, one guy, and this is the only thing I can say, one podcast, and this was a wrestling podcast, um they trashed it they hated it Mm -hmm. and they sent me they actually i found it because they tweeted me and they're like well we just reviewed swerve um but i don't think you're going to want to retweet this winky face and so i'm listening to this podcast and they're trashing it and i'm listening to some of the criticism like well okay you might have a point there i I disagree but all right and then some of them, like well i don't know where you're coming from and then they go and the art the art sucks people don't even look like people and it's like oh bullshit Mm.
1: That, I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying you gotta like books, cause that's I really like the style.
0: Yeah, it matches
2: it really well.
0: Oh, thank you, and I
1: think so obviously, but I, you know I'm
0: biased. Um And if they'd have said I don't like the art, I'd have been like, okay, well I think you're kind of crazy, but all right. But when they said the people don't even look like people, like now that's bullshit. Yeah. And then they laughed and said, I'm gonna go ahead and tweet these guys, but we don't get a retweet. And I was like, oh, I get it, you're trolls. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, but if you just honestly don't like something, well, okay, cool. You don't like it. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Say that you do and shoot yourself in the foot and have no credibility with your audience? I mean, that's stupid. Exactly. So, no, I mean, I, I, yeah, he was really cool about it. He was totally, totally cool about it.
2: Cool. Well, I, for one, and I know a lot of comic bastards, I can only speak for a couple of us, but uh, we de- we're, we're digging what you guys are doing, so we're behind the, the swerve bandwagon if there is one we'll be up. we're starting we'll it. toot the horn you know what i mean and right well, now it's
1: just a ford taurus but we're, we're <laughs> we got it going you got it
0: well thank you and that's been you know the most the best part about this and the coolest part about this is, is hearing things like that and, and i do enjoy the podcast and then you know knowing you know thinking that you guys like what i'm doing too it's like wow that, that's really cool that feels really good um you know so far i haven't made a dime off of it mm. i have no guarantee that i'll ever make a dime off of it but I have a really good day job. I'm not hungry. You know, I'm doing all right. So I did this because I liked it. And so it's like putting a message in a bottle and it's like, gee, I hope somebody else finds this and likes it. And, you know, um, having people in England and Canada, um, tweet me and start following me and saying, you know, I found this, and I think it's really awesome. And having, you know, um, professionally, Christopher Daniels, the professional wrestler, I, mm-hmm. I sent him a, a couple of links and, uh, I, he sent me an email after I sent him the, third, the link to the third issue, and he said, hey, I, look, I appreciate it, but I'm telling you, I'm going to buy them now. You've got me. I'm buying it. I'm hooked. <laughs> there you yeah, go. And I was like, you know, that's cool. That's awesome, but you tweeted 76,000 followers and told them you liked the book. I think I can spare you yeah. a 99-cent download. It's on me, buddy. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's really cool. It's,
0: that's been you know, the coolest thing is, is things like this and, and just you know, connecting with some people and finding out like, you know, hey, we all dig each other, isn't that awesome?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, John, in closing, is there anything you want to say for Swerve, or is there anything you want to tell the listeners, or if you want to promote anything? I mean, we've done a pretty good job there, but if there's an ending thought you want to leave us with,
0: all right, I, I would only say this um, because I think you're right. I mean, we've talked about wrestling, we talked about comic books, and and if you're in that little either of those circles, you know, I think you've got a pretty good idea if this is the book for you or not. But to those. The, the hipsters, to the snobs, to, to those pretentious folks who might, and I don't know how many pretentious snobs are listening to something called Comic Bastards, but okay, let's see. I don't know
1: if we reached that point. They're just like, <laughs> Bastards, eh, I'll be the judge.
0: <laughs> um, I will say this. Um, th- those were not the only influences going into the writing of the book, and here's a fun little game. See how many Bob Dylan or Raymond Chandler or Dashiell Hammett references you can find in the book. Um, because I put something in there for you guys. I'm i, I, am, I am a wrestling fan and a comic book fan, and I'm also a pretentious snob. Mm. Um, so there's something for you people, too. I, I
1: love you pricks.
2: <laughs> cool. Very good. There it is. It's John Judy. The book is Swerve. Check it out. It's going to go trade February. You can get it now, Comicology. I think it's on issue five, if I'm correct.
0: Five and six drops. That's what we say in the industry. We say drops. Oh, there you six- go. Yeah, I, I've been working on this. I mean, I'm an insider now.
2: Six drops on Wednesday. Nice, there you go. Okay. So make sure you guys check it out. Um, I will get off my tickets, and I'll put up some more reviews for the individual ones to give you that Better. little savory taste of what's to come for February. Once again, thank you so much, sir, for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. Good, well, good. Glad you had fun. Yeah, <laughs> and-
0: yeah you, you, your, your email, when it? Was it Dustin or... And it wasn't who. Which one of you was it? One of you said in the email
2: like I said you, know, you sometimes... two crude ones, right? <laughs> like about uh, the questions or?
0: Well, yeah. One of you said something like, "Sometimes we get a little silly, but we'll try to be strict, serious." And I was like, "Oh, uh, yeah, It kind of got me worried. I was like, "What the fuck are they gonna
2: that do?" That must oh. have been Kevin, because there's yeah. no way in hell we... I would have said we're not gonna get silly. Well, no. I just in the past we've had uh, interviews that I think you know. We can. They're just like, keep it professional, guys. Yeah, it's, yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> I'm wearing a fucking tie. For, uh, you can't see it, but it's a digital tie. I'm
2: wearing a fucking tie for this interview. <laughs> yeah. um, it just they, We kind of go on... Well, any history of the podcast, any listeners, we just kind of go I on tangents. Well, listens, and, yeah. I mean, there's been a podcast where we talked about Del Taco for 15 minutes instead of talking about huh. comics. And people are like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You suck.
0: See, so. but I, I mean, I kind of... Was... I kind of assume going into that, that's my, what we might get into because, you know, when you're okay, when you're participating in something called the motherfucking podcast. <laughs> Dude,
2: that's no. a secret, bro. We put letters. <laughs> that's not a I secret. Mean, you said it in the beginning. That's true. This,
0: like you know up front, like this is not gonna be like Charlie Rose. I mean, this is not gonna be like some serious, pretentious artistic discussion or some shit, right?
2: I so, would love okay, to get that guy on here. <laughs> He's like, what is it called? But like, what are you reading, Charlie? That's the competition you say. <laughs>
0: So yeah, when Kev- yeah, some must've Kevin. When Kevin said,
1: um, we'll, "You know, we'll we'll be good. I promise." I was like, "What the fuck are they gonna do with me?" <laughs> uh,
0: but no, it was fun. It was a blast.
2: Cool. Nice. Cool.
1: Thank you for for being on again. And um, it's uh, at John Judy fifteen on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken.
0: It is indeed.
2: Well, there you go. So you can find no on Twitter.
0: H is of the devil's work. J O N J U D Y one five.
2: There you go. So be extra cool. Follow him. You will keep us updated. Any future projects, let us know about it and I'm sure we will just revel in that fact and love it. <laughs> I'll hold you to it. Awesome, thank you again so much. No problem, thanks guys. Hey there one, how are those
1: robotic bunions rusting over? What did you do with the newly acquired
2: flash bags? I put them to hard labor in the data mine. Oh man, these power-back 7200s are brutal to work with. Huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I said these 70... Wait, what are you doing over there?
1: Uh, currently trying to put out a riot. I'm thinking aqueducts might be the answer.
2: Oh my god, you're playing Simulation City, when we should be breaking our knuckles in the data mines. Uh, well, one of us needs to, so why don't you go ahead and get back to that? I want to play. Uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. That's it? I'm telling one? And zero 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 one zero one zero one one zero 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 zero. What you're doing? Oh, robot lover
1: is gonna go tell the robot overlords what I'm doing. Big surprise there, robot lover. Dun dun
2: dun. Hey, that's great you made that noise. But they're not that bad. They're not that bad. They're not bad guys. Their title is robot overlords. I assume they're guys, but they're not bad. Not like that.